This show is for athletes, entrepreneurs who go against all odds, do whatever it takes, and learn how to perform at the highest level to become the best version of themselves. I'm your host, Kota Nakayama, and this is Achieve Greatness. Hi everybody, Kota here, back here at Achieve Greatness. Hope everybody's having a wonderful day, and I'm so excited for today's episode, and hope you guys are as well. So today, we actually have Tony Rocha. I will introduce him shortly and all his journeys and stories about how he became a professional soccer player. He currently plays for New York City FC in the MLS. So crazy to see how this podcast has been growing and being able to interact with high performers. A lot of behind the scenes that we're working on on amazing projects and I hope you guys stay up to date. So if you guys want more information on that, you know, check us out on Spotify, on Apple Music. If you can leave a review, that'd be great. And mostly, most of our content that we're producing is on Instagram. So follow us at The Achieve Greatness for more information. So with that being said, let's hear more about Tony's journey and how to achieve greatness. Let's roll it over. Hey, well, welcome back to the Achieve Greatness podcast. I'm super duper very excited for this episode today. Um, we actually connected through this new app called Clubhouse. Um, if you guys aren't on Clubhouse, you guys definitely need to get on. I would have never thought Clubhouse that I was able to at least reach out to an MLS player, uh, but I'm super excited for this episode. Like I was saying, this professional uh, plays for New York City FC right now, and he actually plays for the national team for Belize. So really great stuff. I know he has a lot of great information to tell tell about you guys. And he also is, you know, as I've been talking and hearing rooms from him, um, he's also very entrepreneur-minded, you know, and he actually recently started his nutrition company called Nutrition Goals. So if you have any nutrition, uh, his slogan is eat like a pro. So definitely, I would love to learn a little bit about that. Um, also want to just go over his professional career um, as a high performer and all the lessons that he learned and kind of learn about his story. So with that being said, I want to welcome uh, Tony Rocha to the show, to the Chief Greatness Podcast. Welcome, Tony. Yeah, thank you. Uh, that was a great introduction and uh, I'm excited to be on this podcast. Yeah, so I appreciate it. Me. You know, I've been hearing you um, on Clubhouse. We've connected through that new uh, app called Clubhouse and, um, you know, very excited that we're able to connect and stuff like that. So um, I just want to give it, your, you know, like your two cents. Like how did you end up on Clubhouse? And I also want to know, like, what have you been doing with Clubhouse so far and how are you trying to maximize all your efforts on that? Because I know you've been very active on it, right? Yeah. So I had uh, a friend just re- reach out to me. I was like, hey, you should get on Clubhouse. Um, it's fairly new. It'll help you connect and also help build your profile like on instagram mm-hmm. and so i didn't think anything of it like never heard anything about it so i downloaded the app and stuff and mm-hmm. kind of just went on there and started seeing like what it was all about and so um after like a couple of rooms that i've been in, i was like oh this is pretty interesting like you can connect with other like-minded professionals and all that stuff and so i guess that's what i've been trying to do from now to just help build my brand very great so yeah we'll definitely go into more of the entrepreneurial side um but you know like i said i know you're a professional soccer player so i want to get into that story um as I've been interviewing a lot of high performers, right? This show is called Achieve Greatness. Basically, our slogan is become the best version of yourself so you can inspire others to do great as well. And through that, right, um, you've achieved that at a very high level. And I feel like oftentimes people love to ask questions, like, how did you get to that level? And at, through that, I feel like you're inspiring other people just around in your community and stuff, that, uh, and, you know, being able to reach back and help each other out. So definitely want to learn a little bit about your story. Um, people often see, right? Like Tony, oh my God, he played for the national team. He played for, uh, the MLS and we often see the end product, but I don't think we often know what, what, what it actually takes to in order to get there. So I want to kind of take a step back. Um, kind of want to know about like your youth, like how did you first, like, when did you first start touching, uh, playing soccer? When did you first start 
touching the ball. And what was that progression like? I know you kind of went through the college route and then breaking into the USL and stuff like that. So what was that journey like maybe taking a step back and like kind of like a youth during your youth youth time? Yeah. So, I mean, from early on, I started playing when I was like five or six. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously at that age, it's like your parents just want to get all the energy out. So they throw you on the soccer field right. and stuff. So I started playing there and then started playing select. I think it was called back then, kind of like what Academy is now, um, when I was like 11 or 12, where we would travel. I'm from Houston, Texas, so like we traveled to San Antonio, Dallas, um, and played like top teams there. Mm-hmm. And then um, I think when I was like 15, 16, um, I coach pointed to the side and was like, hey, I think you have a, an opportunity to play in college. Like those college teams that are interested in everything. So I think from then I started taking it serious because um, it could be potentially something that I can go on and play the college and maybe even play pro. So I think around that age, 15, 16, is when I, I like started realizing that I could potentially do something with this. 15 to 16, right? You, um, you're thinking about starting to play college. But you went to Toulouse, right? Tulsa, University oh, Tulsa, of Tulsa. Tulsa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in Oklahoma. Yeah. Okay, awesome. And then during that time, was there ever like, hey, I want to play professional? Was that always in, in the back of your mind? Or um, when was that kind of like mindset shift for you? Like you wanted to switch over and start playing professionally? Yeah, I think around that same age. Like, I, I love watching soccer when I was younger. Like, anytime my mom would walk into the room, like, I was always had TV on or always mm-hmm. had soccer on the, the TV. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think since then, I, like, I always wanted to be a professional soccer player. And uh, it's funny because, like, when growing up, I never watched really MLS, that much MLS, because there wasn't um, that many, I guess, good games on. And, like, the soccer that was here in the MLS wasn't like it is in Europe. And so I would always have, like, European soccer on, and my dream was to go and play in Europe. Right, right. To, to skip the college route and go play in Europe yeah. um, for one of the teams over there. So that was my goal kind of before going to college, about going to play over there. Yeah, so I know you played college and, you know, there's a lot of, like, let's say there's a lot of college players that also want to play in that professional realm, right? How did you start separating yourself? And when you made that decision, like, hey, I want to start playing pro, what were the s- steps that you started to take on your own? Because, you know, there's probably a lot of things you have to do outside and just, just you know, on you know, with the team, because you're trying to separate yourself, right? And then what was yeah. that mindset switch like? I think a lot of it was, because I mean, and this is like a big, I don't want to say dig, but for lack of a better word, dig against college, like the college route is spring season, you only play like two games mm-hmm. in like three months. And then even during the summer, you're not playing soccer games. And so I think what I wanted to do is because I went from playing academy, which you play year round to going to college and not playing that many games was I played PDO over the summer. Mm-hmm. And then we just played pickup as much as I could during the spring to kind of like keep with the ball and keep in form and stuff. And so I think that difference between, I guess, me and some of the other players on the team who would go like somewhere for spring break and like go on vacation, all that stuff where I would go back home and still continue to like play soccer and train and stuff and just stay in shape. So I think maybe that was like the difference between the players that ended up going pro and the players that didn't. Were you actively seeking out those new opportunities, like, hey, to PDL and, like, playing pickup? Like, because, like, you know, there's two choices, right? You can kind of just do what normal people do, just go through the flow whenever there's uh, team training or optional trainings or captain's training, like, you go there. But were you were you someone that was always, like, seeking out new opportunities? Hey, where can I play? Where can I better myself? Was that some, some something that you did? Yeah, what was nice is um, being from Houston, there's like a big soccer culture down there as well. So mm-hmm. there was like a bunch of different fields that you could play pickup and stuff. So having friends that still live in Houston, like I would just meet up with them and go play and stuff. And then the team that I got connected with in PDO, one of my guys that I played uh, at Tulsa with knew the coach. And so I just asked him like, hey, could I 
get a trial or something with this guy or like connect me with the coaching stuff. And so that's kind of how I got connected with the team in Austin to play PDL for like three or four years that I was there in college. Nice. Definitely. I already see, you know, the mindset separation, right? Like in order for you to keep progressing, you have to like, you can't be average and ordinary, right? You have to seek out those new opportunities, keep performing. Yeah. Um, kind of wrapping up your college career. I know you had a decent college career and then you entered, you went into the draft and you went to the USL, right? So I also want to know that kind of story. Like how did your college career ended and what was that transition like into your uh, first professional contract? Yeah, um, so it was, a, it was a funny story. I okay. signed, so the, the PDL team that I was with, Austin Aztecs, the year that I was going to leave college, they were going into the USL. Oh, and so the coach, yeah, the coach told me like, hey, you're one of the players that we want to sign to the USL team. Um, and so I went on a tryout at the end of my senior year to a Seattle Sounders combine and I fractured my collarbone, oh. like the first scrimmage that we had. Mm. And so the MLS combine was coming up. I couldn't be an MLS combat anymore because I was injured. So like my chance of making it or like getting drafted by a team was probably very slim. Mm -hmm. So I signed a USL contract with Austin Aztecs for the upcoming year. But the MLS draft came around and Sporting Kansas City still drafted me to go try out. So the oh, Austin okay. coach was was nice enough to be like, look, I know you signed a contract, but I know your dream is to play MLS. Like go to the go to the to preseason with them and, and if they want to sign you, then I'll release your contract and you can go sign MLS. So I ended up going to KC that's an interesting thing where you're kind of with both teams at the same time and you're trying to, you're, yeah, what, I just want to, sorry, I was interrupting you, but I like, I want to know, like, what was your mindset and process like when, you know, you could probably play MLS, but you also have this USL yeah. opportunity. What was that, what was that like shift like? A, a, a lot of it was um, maybe I was a little too, too premature to sign the USL contract, like not believing myself that I would have been seen or been picked up in the draft. So that was a little bit of like a, a doubt and like I didn't bet on myself or believe myself in that moment so I think a lot of it after the drafting was like no like I know I'm good enough to play MLS like that's why I got drafted and so that was my mindset going into preseason with Kansas City and then so you were uh training for preseason with Kansas City and then tell me like walk me through like what was next yeah so I was with them I think for like a week and a half um they were down in Tucson and then the Austin coach called me and was like hey we're starting preseason uh, I would need you, like, I want you back. Then I can sign you because we're working on formation. Like, we need you to mm -hmm. know how we're going to be out the back, all this kind of stuff. And um, so I talked to Peter Vermees and was like, hey, this is like the situation, all this. And then he's like, I've only seen you for a week and a half. Like, I need to see you more before I can mm -hmm. sign you. Like, I would like for you to stay um, longer or you can go back with Austin. Right, right. And so the Austin coach was like, look, I've, I gave you the opportunity there. Like, either you come back or like re re release your contract mm -hmm. and so that was like another decision not to make like do i bet on myself to play and that or get a chance with the mls team or get the safe option and go to austin and so when i decided made, to yeah when you made that decision did you uh did you like looking back was that the right decision for you or were you seeking out kind of advice like how did you make that thought process because you know at the end yeah. of the day, you want to further your career as much as possible that's a kind of tricky situation right yeah it's extremely tricky and i think what helped is I, like I talked to the Austin coach about it and he kind of put his title as coach aside and was like, look, um, I'm just going to be like someone that's going to give me advice. And like, obviously I would want you to play for Austin. And I think that's a better decision for you. Cause like, you'll probably play more here than you're playing that you would play if you go to Kansas city. Mm -hmm. And he was like, you're still developing as a player. You're still like growing into the type of soccer players that you want to be. And like, you need to play games. Like you need to get on the field and play games and stuff. And 
So that's probably the best advice that I've gotten from any coach um, that has helped me to try to become like a professional soccer player. So I'm thankful that I decided to take that route instead of going with or trying to stick it out with the MLS team. Definitely. I've heard oftentimes too, right? Like it's um, in the professional world or like when you achieve at a higher level, it's not just what you do on the field, but it's like a lot of mindset and psychology involved, right? Because like, let's say if you're not making the 18 man roster or not playing in the 11s and then you're starting to doubt yourself and then you confidence and stuff for that. So developing yourself when you first, you know, play for that first year, yeah, I think oftentimes, like, I, I, you know, I just took note, note that as well. So that's really great advice. Um, and I want to know, like, your experience, right? You put your pen and paper, you signed that first contract. What was that feeling like? And then I want to wa- walk you through what was that rookie experience like for you, you know, now that you're a professional soccer player? Yeah. No, I mean, it was, it was what I, like, wanted from the beginning when I started playing soccer. So it was a dream come true. But I, I know that there was one more step that I wanted to achieve and was, was to play in the MLS. Um, so that year was just trying to learn from the experienced guys. Like we were an expansion team in the USL. So the coach brought in like a mixture of players, the young players and experienced players in the USL. So kind of just picking their brains about what the league was about, how to kind of carry yourself as a professional and this and that. And so that was basically my rookie year that I, um, went going forward in Austin. Awesome. And then, uh, from Austin, how was that season like? And then I know you transitioned over to Florida after, Mm-hmm. Uh, what was that transition like and why did you end up going over to Orlando how what was the experience like yeah so it was just um it was so Austin had like a bad storm that year the, mm-hmm. the game field got like torn up and everything so like we were playing at the training at our training facility um and so they needed to build a new home stadium before they could resume USL play the following year and they couldn't figure that out so then they ended up just releasing all the players on the team mm-hmm. and like kind of taking a year out of the USL. And so as soon as the season was done, um, Orlando city B called and said, Hey, we're interested in nice. um, signing with us. Like we're an expansion team as well, but we think it'll be good fit because you'll be training some with the first team and have MLS coaches eyes on you all the time and this and that. And so that's how like I got connected to Orlando. I know you grew up in Texas, right? So how was that transition now? Like moving to Florida, like moving away from home, moving away from kind of like your community, what was that experience like? And then, um, did you ha- like oftentimes when you go to a different city and stuff, it's not just the soccer aspect, like, but the social yeah. aspect as well, moving away from your family, you know, far away. So how was that transition like for you? It was a little easier because both me and, um, the guy, my, one of my teammates that I was living with in Austin, both went to Orlando city B. Oh, nice. So like yeah. there was one, there was one familiar face there that, um, I was going with. So that was a little bit easier of a transition, um, in Orlando. And then uh, you play for the Orlando B team. Um, and you have, did you have ever opportunities to like trim with the first team? And was your, was the, was the goal always, cause I know you ended up playing for the first team. Um, mm-hmm. How are you, you know, like progressing, progressing as, as the USL player and trying to break into the MLS? Um, what was that mindset? Like, you know, trying to play, uh, try to further your career and, and keep on playing into the MLS. Yeah. So to start, like I had a funny story cause at the beginning, when I went there, I was like, okay, my goal is to play or like make it to the MLS team. And so the first USL game we had, um, I got a red card and I was like, this isn't a good start to my, to, to my career. Like I'm trying to, what did you do? Did you do a slide tackle or what happened? Um, no, it was two yellow cards. Oh, oh, that's the worst. (laughs) Yeah. And then, um, so then wait, yeah, I think it was two yellow cards. And then I had to sit, I had to sit out of the game and then the game I came back in, 
I got another red card. No. And I was like, first back-to-back games um, that I got a red card. I think the second one was two yellow cards because the second game ended up uh, yeah, okay. rescinded. Um, yeah, one of the yellow cards. So I didn't have to sit out the game after that. But, like, the first two games, I'm thinking, like, I got two red cards back-to-back. Like, this coach probably thinks I'm um, a liability on the field and all that stuff. But, um, yeah, so that's how, like, it started. But, I mean, it, things settled down, and, and I was able to train with the first team um, okay. occasionally, like, I think every week I was able to train with them for like one or two times and then got called in to play open cup games with them. There's a couple of us that put open cup games with them. Um, and that I think is what helped me make it to the first team. Cause like I trained with them throughout the, the whole week leading up to the game, um, getting familiar with the guys and getting in the system and everything. And, and then being able to play in open cup games and showing that I can play at that level with the team. So I think that's what helped me kind of make the transition from, yeah, and I know you ended up getting to the first team, but uh, I guess I want to try and make this into a question. When you're trying to, like, prove yourself to a coach or a team, right, like, hey, I'm the better player, um, there's a level of, like, mindset and co- confidence that you have, but also, like, what's the thought process like, right? Like, going in, not trying to beat yourself up every time, let's say, you get an opportunity and you don't maximize it. Um, like, for me, for example, I'm going to this combine. I want to try the most of it. <laughs> Let's say for you, you get opportunities once or twice a week to be able to showcase that you're you're able to play for the first team. Um, what's that process like? You know, what do you what do you walk? What are you thinking? Like, how do you, I guess, work your way up and say, you know, I, I'm I want to prove myself to everybody. Like, uh, what's yeah. how are you able to do that? Yeah. And, um, so I guess mindset wise, and I, I know this is probably a little count, counterintuitive, but was to go out there and not try to do too much like understand what the coach wants from the position that you're in and just do that to the best of whatever you can. Like you've gotten to this stage of your career for a reason. Like you're prepared for this moment. This is what you train for. So I guess just having that mentality going into the situation try out whatever it is will help kind of calm the nerves and not really um, make you focus on like not losing the ball or maybe not playing to the best of your ability. So I think that mindset helped definitely whenever I was playing the open go games, like, I'm here for a reason. Like I want some of this contract. I've prepared my entire life for this. Like I'm going to go take it. I guess same, same thing, right? Like US MLS, you're still playing soccer. It's nothing out of the ordinary. Yeah. You're not going to do an extra crazy amount. Oftentimes when I talk to these high performers, they just say like, just make your game simple, right? How important is that? Just playing simple and just uh, being able to execute, just basically do your job, right? There's nothing out of yeah. the ordinary and stuff. So um great stuff right there great nugget um and tell me walk me through how you eventually broke into that first team because i know you got a couple more opportunities and then what was that experience like eventually playing for that first team yeah the, um i mean it was it was great like playing in front of the fans in orlando because they had a great uh fan base it was amazing like, it was everything that i ever expected about being on the field in front of twenty thousand fans mm-hmm. so yeah it was definitely a, a great experience Awesome, definitely. And I know um, I was doing a little bit of research um, in La- Orlando during your season there. You you played with Kaká, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's great. Like, um, you know, Kaká, if you don't know, he's a Brazilian, like, World Cup winner and yeah. basically Ballon d'Or winner. Just basically a world-class player, right? Over the yeah. years, uh, playing with such a high-level professional, have you seen any difference of someone that caliber and, like, what kind of, like, Things where he do, was he doing different that was making him unique and special compared to everybody else that was playing on that team. Yeah, um, the first thing that I noticed whenever I went to Orlando was I saw he was always in the gym working on like stretching or um, foam rolling or 
whatever, I guess, weaknesses he had physically, he was working on that in the gym, like early in the morning. I would walk into the to the uh, training facility, like going to change and everything, and he was already in the gym doing what he needs to take care of. And so that was like the biggest difference between him and even like the top MLS players that were on the team. So that that like right off the bat, you can tell the the difference between the caliber of like world class players and like top MLS players. It's that extra little separation. It's all that difference, but that difference really makes a truly difference, right? Yeah, and and it's funny because like none of it was sorry, interrupt, but like none of it was like on the field. Like a lot of stuff that I saw difference was things that he was just doing off the field. I always take care of his body. Like I don't think he drank alcohol during the season. Like just those little things that not many people think make a difference, like make a huge difference. Yeah, I want to kind of transition over because I know you are really into health and wellness and into the nutrition part. So let's kind of switch over to the nutrition part, you know, and I know you have a nutrition business now and you're helping out people. Um, Talk to me, how important has nutrition been in your career and in order to become a high performer? And then maybe if there's any steps or maybe kind of uh, things that people can kind of take to see um, how they can better themselves. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess how I got started into that was I learned a lot um, working with some of the best people like in the industry to help us professional athletes mm-hmm. uh, play at our best on the field. And so just listening to that, like I, I did exercise science in college. So it was always um, something that interested me. Um, so just learning that side of it and then also listening to all, a lot of the information, nutrition information that's out there that's kind of flawed. Um, so I guess the reason why I wanted to start my business and the reason I did was to kind of give people information that was super basic, like something that's not gonna, I need to not eat this for a week and a half or two weeks or completely restrict this. Like that, that relationship with food shouldn't be something that we should have. Like food's supposed to be enjoyable. Like we're supposed to, um, enjoy food like with other people and supposed to be like a social thing and everything. So I think just that side of it is something that I wanted to help people kind of gain back that aspect of food. I like what you just said there. There's like having a good relationship with food because oftentimes, right, you can beat yourself up and be like, I remember there's this time where like people are saying like, don't eat carbs. And then my coach is like, what are you saying? Like you're a soccer player. You need to eat carbs. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. Is there any like tangible steps, like maybe a couple of things we should look out for? Like, let's say if a soccer player or any athletes looking out, maybe mm-hmm. a couple of things that could help your nutrition to perform at a high level. Yeah. The, the biggest um, thing, and you just touched on it was a lot of people give carbs a bad, la- a bad name, but they're not bad. Like they're a main fuel source. Like that's what we need to run. That's what we need to have the energy on the field. So um, it's obviously sticking with the like healthy carbs. So that's probably the first one is like, don't be afraid of carbs. And then the second one is probably minimizing any added sugars is another one. Cause, cause those will quick energy. Like if you're eating those right before games, you're going to be dead in the 30th, 40th, 40th minute. So just fueling your body for the entire game and not just for the first half. Have you noticed when maybe you don't eat, like you don't eat as well? Like, do you see it in your practices and performance? Um, like, like how you perform? Yeah. There, I mean, there'll be some times that, especially in college where I'm not eating correctly and stuff. And I would go into the training and I'd be like exhausted or even afterwards, like I would, wouldn't recover properly and I'd be sore or something. And then eating correctly, like I'm not as sore, like I would be able to do the workout at like maximum. And yeah, obviously I'm getting tired, but it's not to the extent of where like I 
want to quit the exercise. Mm-hmm. So that's the difference that I can see with like nutrition and, and it like fuels my body to, to work out. Nice. I think I did a little bit of research and I think, are you, are you still vegan right now? Are you? Yes. Yeah. I, I, um, I've been vegan for over a year. Nice. No, so, I actually yeah. went, um, I was vegan for about eight months too. And I felt a real big difference. Um, yeah. tell me, tell me that process. I and mean, why did you go vegan and, uh, did you feel any difference in any, uh, you know, improvement in your performance? Yeah. So, um, it was funny cause before I went vegan, I had a vegan teammate in Orlando and like, I'd always give him crap for being vegan. <laughs> and then, so I look back and I'm like, dang it, <laughs> you actually helped me become vegan. But, um, yeah, so he, he was one of the people that I guess kind of piqued my interest about veganism with like how he was eating and all these like books he was telling me to read and stuff. And, and then I moved to New York and one of the people I was living with had been vegan for like four or five years. And like, he was another one, like send me research papers, send me like books to read, send me articles. And, um, he was like, it's very good for your performance, this and that. And then I watched, I'm pretty sure you've seen it, but the documentary on Netflix called game changers. Mm. And so I watched that and I was like, you know what? It's off season. If there's any time in my career to try something different, it's like during off season. So I tried to do the off season, like continue my workouts and everything. And he helped me like make sure I wasn't eating too little or anything. So, um, that definitely helped me continue to be vegan and like preseason was coming up. I was like, you know what? I'm going to try it for a year at least during the season, like see if there's any difference. Um, and that's what I did. And I, I noticed I ate, ate relatively healthy before, but I think the biggest difference, and a lot of people ask me this is, um, I wasn't sore like that sore after like hard workouts, hard training sessions. Like I wasn't that sore. And, and it's, and I think it's because of the, the meal plan because I was, I didn't change anything else. So, I think the biggest takeaway from me being vegan is, is not being sore or anything after. I, um, yeah, I did that for one college season, um, but I had to end up going back to Japan to see my grandma. So I had to eat her food again. So, um, but I, I think the biggest thing that I learned is like being able to incorporate way more vegetables and different types of fruits and vegetables into my diet. So I, I do eat majority plant-based and I try my best. Um, but the thing that I also noticed was like, I never got, uh, I never got sore and I could just run forever. I just felt like yeah. I had so much energy when I was vegan as well. Yeah. yeah so maybe I have to yeah. switch it up before preseason and go back on a little bit <laughs> that gets some into Yeah. But you know, I know. And it's crazy. Cause like a couple of the other people, um, within the club, like they saw me and they're like, Oh, maybe I'll try this and that. And like, I was talking about like, how's it going? And they're like, dude, like I sleep way better. I can go to sleep. Like I have so much energy, this and that. And I'm like, yeah, it's crazy that, nutrition does that yeah, definitely. so like definitely if you know if you want more information i even personally for me i think nutrition is such an important component in 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 your professional career or just your career in general so if you want more information tony you're a great resource to reach out right if they want to learn more about that yeah. nutrition part like how can they access you and how can they get in contact with you yeah so you guys can reach me in two ways you can go to my instagram um t.rocha 16 or in my bio there i have my another instagram page called nutrition goals so uh either one of those two ways you can send me a dm definitely so yeah definitely reach out for more information definitely well with you and then what um is it like a one-on-one or is it kind of like do you give them a meal plan or kind of maybe give them just a little bit you know nothing too too much (laughs) yeah um no it's just one-on-one like we will get on a facetime like this if they're comfortable with that just discuss like what dice they tried before like why hasn't it worked like what their goal is and this and that and kind of just walk them through what they're eating now and how we can switch up what they're eating and stuff because one thing that 
will work for you wouldn't work for someone else. So I can't give out like a specific meal plan for, awesome. for everyone. So it's very individualized. Yeah. So yeah, I'm coming down to the wire. I want to kind of ask a couple of questions, but uh, I never really touched upon like you. So you were at Orlando, like, finishing up playing at Orlando. And then what was that switch like? Because I know you're playing at New York right now, right? So what was that transition like? Mm-hmm. And how did that happen? Yeah, so the last year of my contract in Orlando, they didn't pick up my option. Mm-hmm. So um, and now it's just like for a team to play with. And so my agent called me, I was like, New York is interested in training for you. Wow. Um, so just be ready. And then so a couple of days later, he called me. He's like, yeah, the, the trade's going through. Like, you're going to New York. And I was super excited because, like, I visited New York once, but I've heard, like, it's an amazing city. And yeah. especially the team here with, like, the players that they had with Lampard and Pirlo. And I was like, I'm excited to join a club like this. And then so making that transition to New York um, two years ago now was, I mean, it was great. Like, the players here were amazing. Like, they were all professional. And just playing under a coach like Dome Toronto was amazing. Well, from that transition from Orlando to New York, when they didn't pick up your option, was was it kind of like, was there a gap or what what, what ended up happening? Because I know sometimes, right, like, let's say you went from the B team to the A team and you yeah. think you're doing good and they're like, nah, we don't need you. That could kind of screw up yeah. mentally, right? Like, because I also want to hear this because I hear from a lot of professionals. It's like, I tell them like, hey, is it easy to play pro? And they're like, they give me this weird answer all the time they're like they say like it's easier to become a pro but it's harder to stay one so i'm like wait a minute <laughs> like you know like i'm like what yeah. so i want to kind of yeah. know your thoughts about that yeah no i would completely agree with them that it's easier to become pro than it is to stay pro mm. um i know there's like a million people out there trying to take your job and like there's a limited spots to be on a professional team mm-hmm. and so i think whenever you you do become pro and i can be um guilty of this as well it's like sometimes we get complacent Sometimes we don't, maybe don't work as hard or sometimes we take whatever we have for granted. And during those times is when you get a reality check and like, oh, they're not picking up your option. Mm-hmm. And now what? Now I'm unknown. Like, am I going to sign another contract? Like, I understand the professional career is short. Like, is this the end for me? Mm-hmm. Like, those were a couple of thoughts that were going through my head after Orlando. Um, but I think at that point, like, you still need to continue to train and I guess be ready for what's next. Because it could be as long as you go to another preseason. And then you have to be ready for that, or you could get signed maybe like two weeks after they don't pick up your option. So that was like a window that, yeah, yeah. Because in, in in an instant, right, an opportunity can come in if you're not prepared and just like you know what, this is not for me. And all of a sudden, opportunity comes, yeah. you're not ready, you can't you know yeah. can't maximize that. So um, yeah, can you tell me a little bit about your experience in New York? Because I know you've been playing there, and then I know also you have a season coming up soon. Hopefully, I don't know. It's kind of like a weird situation right now. They like <laughs> keep on pushing back the preseason, right? So. How, yeah. how, how has been playing in New York in a really big, really big club, really big city? How is that experience like playing there? Oh, no, it's been amazing. It's been like this in New York City is the best city in the world. And I completely agree. Like it's been um, such an experience. and I'm so thankful for it. Playing in, in New York, like a Yankee Stadium, historic Yankee Stadium. Like obviously I would like a, a soccer field, a soccer stadium built. But like it's it's nice to play at Yankee Stadium. Um, and then even just like during my off days, being able to like explore the city and go to Central Park and, and see all the like touristy things here mm-hmm. in New York. Yeah. I want to kind of know, like maybe on a day-to-day um, as a professional, maybe something that people might not know as you being pro, because you know what they see is the end product. They see you on the field, mm-hmm. right? But a day-to-day you training, what's that kind of day-to-day process? Like, like you go, like, can you kind of walk us through what a day-to-day would look like for you? Yeah. So, um, and I only started this recently, but 
I like kind of my quiet time in the morning. So I'd like wake up at six in the morning. Um, I like reading. So I, I would read, I would do a daily devotional. Um, and then I'd take my dog out for a walk and then I'd come back and then, um, eat breakfast and then head to the facility. And then, um, from there I get there, we do a pre-act, which is kind of like getting us warm for training. And that'd be like 30, 45 minutes. And then we're out in the training field and then come back. And then we usually have a lift after training and then, um, shower and then grab lunch at the facility and then head back to my apartment. And from there, it's probably like two or three o'clock when I get back to my apartment and then it's just watching TV or taking my dog on another walk or just hanging out and stuff. So that's kind of the, the, uh, day in the life of a professional soccer player. Okay. Awesome. Cause I know there's a lot of times where people think it's like a lot of things where you do on the field, but I also know that there's a lot of things off the field that you do right in terms of, um, maybe like game analysis or working on recovery, um, nutrition, you know, having the right mindset. How important is that? Um, that's extremely important. And I, and I don't think, like you said, a lot of people understand that. Like I know LeBron James just came out and said like he spent, I think a million dollars a year, I think on himself outside the field with nutrition, like recovery and all that stuff. And so I think it's extremely important taking care of everybody on the field because or off the field. Cause at the end of the day, like you're preparing your body to for a high demand daily and on the weekend. So. Well, also being a pro, I heard a lot of times it's people underestimate how mentally, how meant like how much mental toughness and how, how much gruesome it is in terms of like being mentally stable. Uh, how is that? And what kind of mindset do you need to have, you know, being a professional, proving to yourself day in and day out? Like, like you said, there's right. It's harder to stay a pro. There's like a million people trying to steer your job every single day. Right. So yeah. how do you keep pushing yourself and how do you, uh, what's, what's that mindset like that you need to have? Yeah, for sure. And, and a lot of people don't know that this side of like being a professional athlete, but it's so mental, like going into the, I guess, preseason having, or going into the season, you have an idea like, okay, well maybe I'm going to play. And then they bring in another player and that player is like automatically in front of you. And now you're like riding the bench for the entire year, like not seeing field time, worrying about all that stuff. And um, I guess just battling that during the season and just focusing on, um, like you said, just showing up daily, like doing the best that you can um, day by day. And then hopefully one chance you can get on the field and being able to, to capture that or to take advantage of that. But, and I think also like sometimes we get short sighted where we think, okay, well maybe I'm not playing this season and stuff. So then we slack off in training or slack off in the weight room and stuff like that. Whereas um, it could change. Like I wasn't playing my last year in Orlando. And then I remember having a conversation with, uh, one of my teammates and the strength coach and he was like look you can only control what you can control like go out there continue to work hard hit the weights recover all this stuff and and that helped me my final season like focus on just like helping my career mm-hmm. and then I ended up going to New York and I, I, I've been doing well here so if I can give any advice it's like even if things aren't going your way just continue to do the best you can daily I know because especially in soccer right everybody thinks it's like it's just a straight uphill you're going to be, you know, I'm going to go USL, MLS, and <laughs> picked up, you know, we're going to go to the Prem. But it's, I feel like a lot of times there's a lot of like low lows and high highs and, you know, you, know, you can't try to stay, you know, don't be too high on the highs, don't be too low on the lows. Um, as a high achiever, right, like, like I already see, you know, you're, you're trying to perform at a high level and oftentimes we could be our biggest critic. How, how do you try to like uh, navigate that 
And then oftentimes I hear a lot of people say, you know, try to enjoy the process. You know, it's, it's a journey. It's not about always the result. And then um, yep. trying to work on that. Right. So I kind of want to yeah. know your thoughts on that. Yeah. And, and I was um, guilty of this as well. Like whenever I first started playing USL, I was a perfectionist and I was trying to be like, if I have a bad day of training, I go home and I think the, like the rest of my days are on just cause I had a bad training <laughs> session. And I had to, I had to learn like, it's okay. You're going to have bad days. You're going to have a good days. Like that doesn't change the type of players you are. Like I can only do what I can do on a daily basis. And so I think having that mindset that I'm on a journey to become the best player that I can, like it's not going to change with one bad, tra bad training session, one bad game, mm -hmm. um, help me kind of to enjoy the, the process a little bit better. And also kind of taking my mind off of soccer whenever I left the training facility, mm -hmm. like that was my job, whether I had a good training session or a bad training session, like that was done. Like I found other hobbies with reading, with walking my dog, just hanging out with friends and stuff outside of the soccer field. Mm -hmm. It's kind of what helped um, keep me balanced between soccer and like the outside world. Is there a favorite book that you read or maybe you recommend in terms of how like you keep their, you know, good mindset or is there maybe personal development book that you recommend? Um, so I would say Power of Habit by Charles mm -hmm. Duhigg. Yeah, probably one of my favorites. That one and then Atomic Habits by uh james clear i believe like i always hear it from other people um and the reason i started reading and, and having a daily routine is because i saw all these high performers and like ceos of companies like love reading like they always have a daily routine so i was like if i want to get there then i have to replicate what they're doing mm -hmm. um so then one of the first books i read was power habit because they always talked about how having good habits is going to lead you to having su a successful life so that reading that book definitely changed kind of my perspective and how i try to build good habits is there a couple examples of habits that you kind of that you established that kind of helped you out with your career well a, a big one was just uh, my morning routine like i didn't have a morning routine a couple of years ago i just wake up um and then just go to training and so i, I uh set kind of like an hour hour and a half of kind of me time in the morning right. mm -hmm. of quietness and just read just get my mind stimulated in the morning and then that helped me kind of set my mood for the day Mm -hmm. So that was one of the habits that I, that I established. Um, and, and another one was, um, I guess, going into the facility and then foam, like going straight to the gym, mm -hmm. like changing and then going to the gym before training, like preparing my body for the training session. That's great. Morning routines, habits. Those are all just really great stuff. Uh, if, you, if you were listening for like the past five minutes, I, I feel like you should just rewind and just kind of take notes again. I <laughs> have notes full of, you know, what a high performer should do. Um, and it's crazy, right? Like as, as, as we're going through Tony's story, he gets released from Orlando and in a second, you know, because he's developing these habits, you know, he's, he's staying motivated. He's enjoying the process and he's not beating himself up, but you know, he's waiting for the next opportunity. Next thing you know, he's at New York and all of a sudden now you're playing for the national team, right? So for Belize, mm -hmm. uh, walk me through, through that, right? You're playing for your national team, um, and for a country. What's that feeling like? Because you're representing a country now. Is there another meaning? Is there like another different type of weight with that? And can you kind of walk me through that process? Yeah. So um, my dream has always been to play for the U.S. national team. Mm -hmm. I think the older I got, the less chance I saw of <laughs> me making that a, a reality. And so my mom was actually born in Belize. So I got dual citizenship last year. And so I um, was eligible to play for them during the, um, I think it was a Gold Cup qualifiers. Mm -hmm. And so they called me into the camp and I was super excited because uh, like you said, it's, it's an honor to be able to, to play for a, a nation and just kind of yeah. have like the nation's like patriotism behind you and stuff. So 
uh, that was a very cool experience. Like the, the guys down there were um, opening and welcoming and stuff and, and being able to play in, in some pretty cool places. That's really great. Awesome. You know, like I, as, as you go, like as you, I feel like if you keep on being persistent and you're consistent, right, with those habits, daily habits, and you work day in and day out, like you said, don't be complacent that you can just get to places where you want to go. So really great stuff. Um, we're coming down to the wire and I kind of want to ask a couple of questions to wrap it up. Um, over the career that you played, you know, I know you played at various places, various clubs, even representing your nation. I want to know, was there a favorite moment in your career that you had that, that like one, maybe like it was a goal or maybe a game? Um, what was, is there a favorite moment during your career? Uh, yeah, I would say, and it, it's, it's weird because like we ended up losing this game, <laughs> um, but we were away to New England and we lost the game 2 zero, but if we would have won, we would have won the Eastern conference, mm -hmm. but we got into the locker room and everyone's down and everything. Like we just lost the opportunity to, to uh, win the Eastern conference and another game that was going on. Like we needed one of the teams to lose in order for us to win. And that ended up happening. Mm -hmm. And so like the mood changed in like an instant, we found out they lost. Like we're top of the Eastern conference. Now we won, like we're going to Comcast champions league next, next year. And so there was like a celebration in the locker room. And I think that's probably one of the, best experiences I've had as a professional athlete. Awesome. <laughs> it's so funny. It's a really funny experience. Um, okay, I'm switching it up now. Um, we'll go from like your best memories to, I think there might've been a couple of times where there's a little bit of setbacks or low points in your life. Was there maybe like a low point into like one of the lowest points of your career? And then how were you able to overcome that? Yeah. So I actually had a lot of low experiences in Orlando. Um, one of them was, I remember like we were going to the last preseason game. The coach comes up to me and is like, hey, you're going to be the starting left, left back for the season. Mm. And so I was like super excited. Like finally I made my, my uh, name in the, for like the starting 11. Like I worked my butt off this offseason. And like now it's finally starting to show. And then so that last preseason game, I pulled my hamstring. Mm. And so I was out for like a month. Um, and so like going through that rehab was extremely tough because in my mind I'm like I could have been starting. Like this could have been my spot. And then I come back from the hamstring injury, like getting back into things. I think like a week or two weeks later, I pull my hamstring again. Yeah. And so I'm like, this season went from being like potentially one of the best I could have to now like I'm struggling to get back into the team. And so that almost like entire first half of the season was just me being mental and like, I got to stay with it. Just got to rehab, got to get back into things. And so that was probably one of the lowest points of my career. And then going through injuries, um, right, and then, like, even re-injuring it, uh, it could it could kind of get you down at some times, right? Like, what's that mindset like of just getting better and then, I guess, again, being able to prove yourself to the coach? Was there anything that you told yourself day in and day out? Like, is it, like, you know, one step at a time? Or, like, what, what was that mindset like for you? Yeah, I, I think – and it's tough being injured. Like, a lot of people don't really know that aside from the fact of, like, that injury, but – like you're away from the team, you have to show up earlier than everyone else for training. Like you have to do rehab while they're outside. Like you're not really being able to like hang out with them um, and kind of have that team chemistry while you're injured. So if it's like a long injury, like you're missing time with the team and stuff. So just going through that, um, I think I just had great people that I talked to, I guess, when I was injured. Like my mom was helped me big time in that and kind of just keep my mindset like, you can only do so much. You can only take it day by day. And then also just kind of just being grateful for at least being a, a professional athlete. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm injured, but like, I'm still able to get rehab. Like I'm still able to, to hopefully 
play at the end of this, like after I'm done. So just having that positive mindset and I guess being grateful for what I did have at the moment helped me get through that. Great stuff. Yeah. And if you were, let's say, um, let's say you're talking to the young Tony, right? And you were able to give like one piece of advice now that like he wants to become pro and now you're a professional soccer player. What kind of advice would you give to the young Tony? Um, I would say you have to be your biggest advocate, like be confident, like, cause other people are going to tell you that you're not going to be able to do this. You can't do this, but you have to be confident daily and you can't let that waver. Um, and then the second thing would just be to enjoy yourself. Like it's a, it's a short career and you don't know when it's going to end. So just be thankful for every day that you're able to go out there and train fields and enjoy time with the team. And throughout your career, and I know you have an exciting season coming up and your career is not over yet, um, but throughout your whole career playing professional, what's like the one biggest lesson that you learned throughout your uh, professional journey? Biggest lesson? I think with that would just be be confident. Mm-hmm. Like even, because there's going to even be coaches that you plan or that probably don't see you or like don't, I guess, favor you. Um, but like you have to go out there daily and, and just be confident and know that I deserve to be out here and like I'm going to prove you wrong. So just having that mindset and not really letting others affect how you play and just go out there and be confident. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, great. So this is the Tony, this is the chief greatness podcast, right? We're not trying to be good. We're trying to be great. And if I were to say like a couple of great athletes or maybe the greatest of all time, who do you think of? The greatest of all time. The first one that pops in my mind is Kobe, mm-hmm. Kobe Bryant. Great. So and, that, um, that's like actually one of my athletes, but you can continue. Yeah. No, I was just saying him, he's the first person that pops my mind with just the, I guess, mentality mm-hmm. that he has. Like, there's a reason why he's arguably one of the best players at, in his sport. Let me touch upon that, right? Like having that Mamba mentality. What, what, um, I want to kind of know your opinions on Kobe and maybe the Mamba mentality. Yeah. Um, no, I think it's amazing. Like, maybe some pe- people see it as like he was maybe too harsh, I guess, with his teammates or too uh, rough and stuff. But I think having that that mindset um of like i am the best player like and i don't think it's it's cocky like obviously you're flirting with the line of being like cocky and, and confidence but i think you need to have that bit of of confidence to be able to go out there and, and think that i can do these things and and perform the way that he performed because mm-hmm. i know you've played against like high caliber players right especially in the mls have you did you play with like ibra and like all those other players like um, you have to have a self, uh, I guess, an amount of like confidence within yourself when you play, right? Like, I guess having that Mamba within you. Yeah, exactly. And like, um, yeah, because I played against Ibra and, and going out there on the field, you're like, I grew up watching this guy play like against when he was playing with AC Milan and all these teams. And um, as soon as you step on the field, it's like, I'm on the same field as this guy. Like, I deserve to be on the same field as this guy. Like, I'm going to go out there and show him that we're the better team and this and that. So. Yeah, just that, that, I guess, switch in your mind of um, we deserve to be on the same field. And then afterwards, then you can go and ask for jersey and stuff and <laughs> take pictures and this and that. But during the 90 minutes, like whenever the whistle's blown, like you have that mentality switch. Exactly. I'll be a friend with you after the, after the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Awesome. So it's really great that you actually talk, uh, said that, you know, Kobe's one of the greatest. Because um, when I first started this um podcast was kind of like when he kind of passed away and he kind of left his legacy behind um, um and I think he's the one of the biggest inspiration uh that affected me right um Kobe Bryant someone that achieved at such a high level but after he passed away be, you know the legacy that I was able to leave behind and 
when he talks about greatness, so there was a podcast and, he's, and then someone asked him like, hey, what's your definition of greatness? And he said, the most important thing about greatness is trying to inspire other people so that they can do great in whatever do, they do. So it's not just myself, you know, being great and performing at a high level, but how can I take my performance and being able to translate that to help other people be like, wow, I want to do the same thing. So I want to transition yeah. that into a question, right? I know you played at a very high level and you're still going to continue that. But let's say, you know, years back, what do people, how do you want to be remembered as? And uh, what kind of legacy do you want to leave behind? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I would say is maybe being like the ultimate team player, like helping. That's like kind of the legacy that I want to leave behind. Like my teammates, if they would ever talk about me to say that, yeah, this guy tried to get the best out of me as a teammate. Um, no matter who it was like in the, in the locker room, whatever, whether it was like the captain or whether it was someone who's not playing, like Tony as a teammate, tried to get the best out of me both on and off the field. Awesome. Great. Well, that was, yeah. this was Tony. Um, if you want to learn more about Tony and, you know, want to connect with the nutrition part, you know, maybe get advice about playing professional soccer player, or just anything in general. Um, Tony, where can they find you? Uh, find me on Instagram. Instagram. Uh, I think it's T Roche 16. If not, just have my name, Tony Roach, in the search bar, and I should yeah, pop I up. You have that so. little blue check, so it'll be good. And he's also on Clubhouse <laughs> all the time, so you can get into a room. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's how we connected. Um, so thank you very much, Tony. One last question. We'll end it on a really high note. Um, so turning this into a question, what's your definition of greatness? Ooh, definition of greatness is, is – um, I don't know if it's going to be as great as an answer as Kobe is, but I would just say it's going out daily and doing the best that you can do in whatever it is. Like if you're an athlete, if you're your job, whatever it is, doing the best that you can do at it. Awesome. Well, this was Tony Rocha. Thank you very much for being on the Achieve Greatness podcast. And everybody keep on achieving your greatness. Take care. Ah!